Thank you for listening to Otaku Beef. I'm Zid Raw, Z-I-D-R-A-W on all channels. Here's how you can help me out today. I want everybody to go to iTunes. I want everybody to get their copy of Otaku Us. If you like anime, if you like manga, if you remember the days when you couldn't find anime, if you remember the days where you had to watch fan subs, you remember buying VHS tapes that only had two to three episodes, if you remember the day of reading uh, anime, Animerica, all of those uh, random anime magazines, if you remember uh, Planet Anime the Store, <laughs> all that stuff. Before it was popping, before it was the thing, before cosplay was a word I even knew, it was always, it was always the anime. So, I want everybody who is a fan of that, who is an otaku, go get a copy of Otaku Us. Support the crew, support the team. We're all in this together, all of us nerds, and uh, I'm just another one of our number, putting out my own take on things. So, I'm Zid Raw, Z-I-D-R-A-W, go and get Otaku Us. It's on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Tidal, stream the hell out of it if you don't want to buy it. Just play it 20, 30 times. It all helps out. Um, So yeah, let's get into the show. As you guys know on Otaku Beef, I like to talk anime, I like to talk video games, I like to talk television, movies, books, and hip-hop. I think this is going to be a sort of nice mashup of TV with a little bit of hip-hop flavor. So, I want to get into Power. Now, I'm in the middle of Season 4 of Power, so I kind of know what's what's coming with the spoilers. So, I'm just going to say spoilers for all episodes of Power, but obviously I haven't seen like the last like three or four episodes. But, as a lot of you guys know, every now and then I like to do like an episode recap of certain shows. But... More than that, I like to do deep dives because that's more interesting for me where we can really think about aspects of the show, how they relate to us as human beings, how their good storytelling, story, um, how it's good storytelling or bad storytelling, how things actually kind of like come together on these different types of shows when they're asking bigger questions, whether they know it or not, that's more interesting to me than just saying, oh, this was cool, this is what happened. Though I don't mind that either, but, you know, um, I've never been very good at small talk. I've only preferred big talk. And, you know, that's not even an axiom. That's literally how I am. So that's why uh, the things that interest me when it comes to uh, television, might be a little different than the average Joe Swanson. So, just a little heads up. If you haven't heard any of my stuff before, I implore you to listen to the Lord of the Rings deep dive where we just talked about everything. That was a fun one. I had a lot of fun with that one. Um, But that's why the more I watch Power and these shows like Power, I, I, I start to think about like the creator I start to think about what does the creator feel is necessary 
when it comes to certain television shows or when it comes to creating a television show. Like, for example, I'm watching Atlanta. It could have been a straight drama, but the creator likes that kind of laid back, dry humor, that dry, absurd humor. And so the awkwardness comes from absurdity. The humor comes from absurdity and we can't have an episode or a show without that level of humor. Even when I'm talking about Donald Glover, even when he was in Spider-Man, he had a little bit of that kind of like dry humor. So which, which surrounded the absurd, the, the absurd situation that he was in. So I really think about the creator, the creator being 50 Cent, who's the executive producer. Obviously, he's not a, uh, a writer. He's more of an actor. And whether you agree or disagree, I have, a, I have pretty decent opinions. I think 50 Cent's a pretty dang good actor. He's been in some stuff where, yeah, a lot of times he's just playing himself, but he adds a little bit extra as the years have kind of gone on. Like, what he's doing with this character of Kanan right now it's a little it's a little bit you know Gary Stewish as he's like the supreme gangster nobody fucks with always gets respect like almost acting out the extreme power fantasy because it's not it's not the money he's not like oh the super wealthy no he's the strongest physically strongest the most respected the most dangerous like that aggression that 50 Cent can't act on in real life. It's almost like he gets to act it through this show, which, you know, it's kind of, if, if you think about it like that, when it comes to character creation, it's kind of, kind of nuts. Almost like this is what I long for. And like with Louie, which I think I'm going to watch when I get back into the office, with Louie, it's almost like the fantasy is the, the the downtrodden, the frustration, like it's almost like life's too good. I just sometimes you got to go through a tragedy. That's the type of feeling. Powers, yeah. Power is an almost a tier show. And when I say with almost like a tier, I'm talking about almost top level. Breaking Bad, Mad Men, uh, Game of Thrones, Vikings. But it has one problem that manifests itself in many different ways. So if you won't want to be spoiled for Power Seasons 1 through 4, I haven't finished Season 4 yet or gotten to the end, but I've seen about half of that season. I would advise... That you go ahead and move past this one. Because I'm going to be jumping around. I'm going to be talking about kind of the same issue. Over several different arcs. And within several different characters. One of the things that makes Game of Thrones. And The Walking Dead. And the other shows I mentioned so compelling. Is that everything about them is patient. They don't feel the need to give you the big reveal right away. Especially shows like Game of Thrones. 
it will let that information dangle out in the distance for years. If someone has a secret, they keep the secret. A lot of times for entire seasons before we get a full revelation, it takes its time. On Mad Men, when a problem arises and tension fills the room, it just stays. Sometimes it lasts for an episode, two episodes. Sometimes you have multiple issue arcs. I don't feel like Power does this. I feel like Power has this incredible budget, this incredible team, fantastic actors, um, pretty good script. I think some of the dialogue is a little bit immature-ish, but the plotting and the re- other than a couple of like lines that seem a bit at odds with the, the tone of the show, they craft a, a pretty believable world. Folk are kind of acting how, uh, kind of sounding. I should say, how people sound. And that's kind of the positive. But they go so far with realism in that direction, but characters aren't really acting like characters to the extent that I would expect. They seem like they are moving for the plot a lot of times and nothing else. Let me give you an example. You have characters like James St. Patrick whom in the beginning of the series we're told he's leading this uh, incredible empire. He is the kingpin, he is in charge, he is the boss. What he says goes, and he got there because he's smart and ruthless. But the James St. Patrick that we're introduced to, he's ruthless, he's powerful, but he never seems to do anything very smart. He just seems to be kind of there, he's reacting, he's making his decisions based on Angela, Uh, based on how he feels in the moment. Very odd. When we're told one thing, but then shown something else, it kind of takes you out of the story. You don't really know why. I mean, most people don't really know why because they don't really think about this stuff. But that's kind of what's going on. If... The story says, and characters in the story are like, oh man, that guy over there, he's the best detective in the department. He's so good. He's an amazing detective. He is the best of the best. But then the detective goes out, misses clues, has poor guesses, gets attacked, leads his team into danger. You start to think, wait a second. They keep saying he's the best detective. I don't understand. So that confusion lets you feel that something is wrong in the story. So you move on or you discount it. There's a lot of that. A lot of those incidences where we are not... I'm personally, and maybe it's just me, but I have a feeling that... You know, this sentiment is probably shared by at least a couple of people to where it's, it's a problem in a lot of shows 
where when the problems could be resolved by just one person making in, in something some sort of an intelligent guess or some someone talking from two characters having a quick conversation from somebody withholding information like because here's the problem you can have a character screw something up because they're withholding information that would help the other character but it comes across as for the plot if that character only withholds information that hurts the situation but shares all this information um, which does nothing like everything that they share doesn't hurt the situation but then the one thing that they don't share every single time continues to hurt the situation and it'll be a different thing like things like that throw me off and then there are these moments where we have these brilliant chances to have some great tension in the story. Um, two out of the three moments I'm thinking of are involved with 50 Cent. So if you're following along, uh, 50 Cent plays Kanan, who is the person that taught our main character, Ghost, everything he knew. He took care of him. He um, he was up on he was up with him on the uh, in the streets, or he brought him up in the streets and. Goes, but until Ghost, you know, changed where he was at and uh, changed his outlook on life. Well, the first incident is when Tommy brings Kanan on just a standard, like, pickup. So he's just like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. This is Kanan. He's good. The situation goes for like a split second and then Kanan escalates and he starts killing people so Tommy has stuck killing people. It basically goes down the toilet because he was there and the way it went down, it, it was so out of nowhere that it was more shocking than satisfying. It was just like, wait, what? They could have stretched that a little bit, made the situation, have Kanan make the situation worse, have him keep pushing, but instead, as soon as we get the tiniest hint of tension between Kanan and the other gangsters, between Tommy and Kanan, the tension is gone because Kanan immediately kills somebody. The show kills its tension and the tension is what keeps people hooked to the television is something going to happen will x person die will this person make it out of this situation alive and the longer and deeper you can stretch that tension the more satisfying it's going to be when that tension finally breaks you can even have tension um of Here's a character on one side of the world and this in this in another character on this other side of the world, you know that they would get along if only they would meet. And then when they if they eventually do, one, two, three, four seasons later or more, it feels incredibly satisfying. That's almost like passive tension that can be added. This show never hangs on to the tension. It loses the most powerful asset it has or it gives it away right away when um, 
when Greg is discovered in season four by he figures out what's going on and then all of a sudden as Mike is in his home he realizes that Mike is the one who is really working with Lobos now what he could have done if he was a smart he's supposedly a smart detective he could have held that information to himself waited patiently and then tried to pull Mark out of the situation so that he could try and tell somebody. But instead, he immediately says, It was you! That scene was incredibly frustrating because having any type of dramatic irony to where the audience knows, the audience knows that Mike is the one working with Lobos. The audience also knows that Greg is chasing after Angela and that Mike wants to keep Greg pointed and directed at Angela. So when Greg gets his theory and he starts telling Mike and then Mike is like, no, no, stick to Angela. And then Greg is like, I don't know. And then he starts piecing things together. Every other situation, Greg has worked around, he's maneuvered, he's been smart. The moment he gets this information, he does what every other character does, and they just immediately act. The only reason that he acted was to continue on the plot. Now, this is the end of season three. That's right. The plot needs him to die so that Angela can try and arrest Ghost for a crime that he doesn't that he didn't commit. The only reason that Greg immediately confronted Mark, which makes no sense for his character. Now, if it was 50 Cent, he would confront him immediately because that's his character, right? If it was Tommy, he might confront him immediately. But it just doesn't make any sense that this character who's hanging back and he's putting things together, why would he decide, you know what, in this moment, I'm going to let him be known that I know who he is, even though I know he's a trained uh, officer and a traitor, and he might kill me. It, just, it makes no sense. It loses that beautiful tension that they finally established. It ruins it. It has the same problem over and over and over again. And I'm, I'm saying this despite its positive qualities. I think it's a very good show. I give it second tier, not top tier. Um, but it's more interesting to talk about the things that are missing or the pieces that it does differently. Because who wants to hear just your typical, average, basic, same old, same old shit? Otherwise, what's the point of listening to Otaku Beef? So, this is one of those things that kind of repeats itself in a bunch of different ways. Uh, Whenever Angela discovers something, she immediately confronts the person. Uh, whenever any character figures something out, they immediately confront the people. Um, people are, are like sitting outside watching things go on immediately. Oh, 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 and here's another thing. So the second thing that it does is that there's no breathing room. And I think that goes to back to the show being impatient. So in a story, if you're writing like, a comic book 
or you're writing like a TV show, a manga, whatever, uh, a series of novels, just like human beings, characters and stories need downtime. They need time to reflect, time off from away from just concerning themselves with the plot. They need, they need time to uh, be human. That's what makes them compelling. Um, for whatever reason, a lot of people have noticed that the moments that people remember in their favorite stories are the moments where the characters aren't concerning them with the plot. They're just kind of like hanging out, being like real people. Like, there's an issue of X-Men that I have somewhere where they're just like playing baseball and they're kind of like using their X-Men skills to kind of play baseball the way that they would play baseball. Like Storm is making sure that there's no like storm clouds and it's nice and sunny. Really interesting. Um, there's a bunch of moments in like the Harry Potter series which just feel amazing. Like when they're just like sitting around the, 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 the common area talking about like snogging when Harry has like a, like a crush on a girl, it's like those little realistic moments that kind of stick with us. It's those moments of like a break from the situation that allow us to get to know the characters. And when we're getting to know the characters, we're attaching ourselves to them. We like them more. Why is there no moments in this show where they kind of step away from the crises and we see, like, Tasha take the kids to a concert where we see, like, Ghost almost took his son to a basketball game, but that got stuck by what the show considers to be the only type of dramatic moment, which is violence, but I'll kind of get to that later, so like, every time one dangerous, deadly situation ends, a new dangerous, deadly situation, like, immediately begins, every single time, and it's usually within the same episode of, yeah, we beat Lobos, Oh shit, this other guy just stepped up and he wants to take over. Oh right, we'd be 50 cent. Oh shit, now we gotta deal with Lobos, so forth and so on. It's always on a 10. When you have that much tension, not tension, intensity, and that's all you have is just this perpetual uh, intensity going on, the audience needs a break. It feels, it, it, ta- it, it, it it makes everything be super just like extreme and overblown and you know it's hard to uh, maintain because uh, there is that story fatigue oh shit there's that sense that there's there's that sense that 
there's that sense that um, if we continue to kind of go on the path that we're going on, we're going to get burnt out. And as soon as that happens, as soon as we kind of get burnt out on the story, we check out or it doesn't have that much meaning to us or like whatever. It just sort of kind of keeps going and you lose that sense of attachment. So that's the type of like um, decisions which I feel are detracting from the show. Like whenever 50 Cent shows up, he immediately kills someone almost like, like if there's some sort of tense situation where there are guns, he kills someone like almost every time, like almost every time, like clockwork. Like (laughs) if ever there's some sort of like uh, situation where Angela has to make a decision that's going to, um, has to make a decision that's going to kind of make sense and kind of benefit um, the greater good. She never does it. She's supposed to be this like hotshot lawyer, but she, I've never seen her make a decision based on her career. Like not ever. Every single decision has been based on, um, kind of like the uh, emotions that she feels towards characters in the show. And it's just like that again and again and again, which makes it pretty fascinating and also makes it a little bit predictable. When that keeps happening and it just keeps happening and it keeps happening and it keeps happening, it's, it, it becomes boring. You got to let your... I think that they need to let their characters act a little bit more in a little bit more of a realistic manner in a way in which if humans were kind of in that same situation like a human being would actually act like there's so much I could say about that but let me let me let me talk about some stuff that I know the show does interestingly that does well um I'm trying to think if there's anything I forgot before I move on to the next part because this is all this stuff where the characters are just being ridiculously like dumbed down. It just didn't make any sense to me. I feel like there's one more thing I'm missing. Um, but I'll circle back. Hello. Hey, what's going on? Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. So good. It starts recording as soon as we pick up, so it's already rolling right now. So just oh, FYI. perfect. Okay. <laughs> so I want everybody to give a big warm welcome to Young E. How's it going, E? <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm E. <laughs> nice to be so, here with all of you. Everybody, everybody is very glad to hear you. They're probably tired of hearing the same old voice, so it's nice to get a different type of perspective. Um, yes, so I want to exact. I definitely want to thank you for coming on to Otaku Beef. As you guys know, I'm Zid Razi, I D R A W, and we're talking about power. Now, I gave my perspective. They're already primed. They're already ready. They already know that we're going to spoil everything from up through season four, and we're like what in the middle of season four, like episode five or something uh-huh. like that. Yes. Okay. So I got a couple of like very specific questions, but by all means, 
get more general, elaborate, expand on whatever it is that you can think of. Because um, okay. the more the more we get to hear from you, the better. Okay. So, <laughs> we we we. How did you feel about the stuff that happened with um, with Greg getting shot and with Mark uh, or Mike? kind of not taking the blame and like kind of putting it on Angela? Um, For me, I just thought it was kind of, I guess it wasn't very surprising. I mean, obviously, um, Mike, we saw kind of from the beginning um, when he was first kind of exposed as the mold. I mean, we already kind of knew like the, the level of risk that he was willing to take to kind of cover himself and, even to continue to partner with uh, Lobos. So it wasn't really surprising that he, you know, in that moment of exposure with Greg, it wasn't really surprising that he decided to, you know, go to the extent that he went to and and kill Greg. I mean, that was pretty crazy, but it wasn't really surprising. I mean, it, it was more surprising to see or to have Greg kind of, you know, communicate to Mike in that moment that he knew that he was the league. I mean, I thought that was pretty crazy. Like, I, yeah, I it was another one of those confront. things <laughs> where like, it was like Greg was being like as dumb as he could possibly be. Yeah. And it made no sense. I like, cause that's literally why I brought this up. Cause that was like the last thing that we were talking that I was talking about, about how Greg was just making like, random like bad decisions when he's been mm-hmm. so calculating beforehand yeah very much so i mean i i thought he was pretty i thought he was a little you know while he was spot on he he was pretty accurate you know i, I just i still thought he was kind of sloppy with his investigation um because he would immediately confront you know whoever he thought the person was that was to blame or whatever the case may be but i also thought that it was kind of really poor like decision making or I guess a a poor handling on his emotions I guess in that moment yeah. I, mean, I just don't know how you think it's you know I just don't know how you turn around and confront like a a killer <laughs> <In that moment. laughs> well I mean he, he realized in that moment and he was like oh man this guy is 100% a killer I better tell him that I know he's a killer like right now Right. I thought that was pretty crazy. So, yeah. so yeah, not surprising, but I, I just, I mean, not surprising on, on Mike's part that he turned on and killed him. Um, oh. Obviously, this guy is going to go to extreme lengths to to cover himself, but um, or to not expose himself. But Greg, I just, I don't know, it wasn't very hopeful for him. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was like he had all the cards and the only thing that he could have done to... Um, I guess lose the hand is basically mm-hmm. put himself in a bad situation, and that's basically right. what he did, like right away. Right. So, okay. And, and I mean, the poor to... guy, he did a good job of following, <laughs> his, lead, following his instincts. You know, he was doing a great <laughs> job, and we were all like, "Yeah, he's gonna figure it out." But he just wasn't as kind of careful with it. So. Oh, were you thinking? Yes, we're gonna figure it out. Were you on Greg's side? Um, to a certain extent, I mean, I didn't really want him to catch ghosts or anything, <laughs> but I did want him to kind of expose Mike. I didn't want him to catch ghosts and Tommy, but I wanted him to expose Mike. But you wanted Mike, him to get so. to the real killer. I, well, yeah, I wanted him to get to Mike for sure, but. Right. 
So you don't but think yeah. he was really going to let Angela go down for it if he found out? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, I think at that point, I think, I think towards the end, he was pretty much over her. I think you know his the affection that he was showing or the connection that he was showing was all part of him trying to uncover evidence. Um, as oh, we yeah. saw, but um, yeah. so I think he was pretty over it at that point. But he was like stroking his say. mustache I mean, behind her back. That's right, that's right. But I mean, it's kind of hard to say. He probably still would can't really say that he would have turned her in, you know. Okay. So. Okay, you have to pick. You have to pick between Greg and and Ghost. Who do you pick? Between Greg and Ghost. Yeah. To do what? <laughs> to do what? Okay, no, no, no. You're Wait, Angela. You're in Angela's situation. You're, oh. you're the attorney. Who do you pick? You pick Greg you pick Ghost? I'm probably going to go with, with Greg. I just don't need the stress of Ghost in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to pick Greg because he's safe? Yeah, I just I like a clean, healthy conscience. But what if you, okay, but if they didn't have the criminal past, and you did, or if you didn't have to deal with the criminal past, and you didn't know, you would pick Ghost. Um, that's still kind of hard to say. She's lying. Like, Why are you lying? No, I'm not <laughs> lying. I'm not lying. Like, yeah, Ghost is like okay, you know, initial, you know, upon appearance, like he's he's nice looking. He's a nice looking guy. You know, he's he can be what you would call instantly attractive, but. I don't know. Greg was more kind of laid back. He was more relaxed. I mean, we could, you know, sit around in an apartment and joke around and just watch TV. Ghost was more like, I don't know. He was just a little too intense for me on, on in the in those kind of supposedly chill and relaxed moments. Okay. Albeit when it came to like intimacy and, um, you know, the the kind of fancier side of it, then yeah, of course, like, but. You want someone that you can kind of do both with, and I think that would have been no one great really for me. No really had that balance, so you're going to go yeah. with the, the lay, more laid-back guy. Okay, yeah. now flip that question. All right, now you're Ghost, all right? Are you picking Tasha or are you picking Angela? Because not mm-hmm. only is they going to be your woman, but they're going to help run your empire. Can I leave on myself for a while? <laughs> no, that's not how the game works. I don't have to choose between you. Like I, this is what you say when you don't like either of the candidates. You're like, yeah, it's me time. <laughs> I just want to take care of myself. I got a lot going on. For a while. It's busy at work. I can't. Uh, but if I had to choose, let's see. I don't know. If I had to choose, I would probably go with. Uh, I'd probably go with Tasha. I think, I think you know, despite her what I call kind of tackiness sometimes and aggressiveness, unnecessary aggressiveness. Yeah. I, of all things, I, I really do admire her loyalty. I admire her loyalty, um, and I admire just like her partnership. I, I kind of like that. I, I like their, I like their, you know, dynamic in the beginning of things and even still kind of now. So, right. Um, I think she can be a little too much sometimes, but she's still loyal. <laughs> and I, I think I appreciate that over everything. So. Yeah. Well, at least she knows what she's doing in a lot of cases too. Like she knows how to do That's stuff. Right. 
And like I, I, I keep saying whenever we watch is that Angela is like the smartest dumb person I've ever seen. Like she's this like high powered, like lawyer who's working on like extreme cases, but she makes the dumbest decisions all the time. She's AUSA Angela Valdez. Oh, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, A something, A-S. Oh, no, wait. Nah. But then at the end, she always gets credit for the, for, for the capture, but. I don't know. I just uh, so. I think you know. I think just. I think for Tasha, I think the only thing that kind of pushed me away from her in the beginning of the show, you know, was just like she didn't want to support her husband. You know, his desire to want to get out of the streets. I think I don't know any woman that would be like against that. Like even so just kind of was women that are married to like the biggest criminals want eventually want desire a life to to be out of that, you know, right? Uh, to have their husband out of that type of environment and out of, you know, just kind of out of that type of activity. And so it, it probably was hard for women to relate to that, to her desire to keep pushing him to continue to live that lifestyle. And she kept pushing. Weird. She kept yeah, pushing. she kept pushing. She was like, you need to get back in the streets. Like, didn't they have, like, mm-hmm. tons of money? And, like, usually it's the woman who's like, hey, let's work on the stability we got going on. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so I think that's what pushed me away from her in the beginning. Um, but then Angela was just like, I don't know, she's just, I can never put my finger on it. <laughs> unstable? <laughs> Even when she walked in the club, who was she with that night? Still don't Greg, know who she was in the right? club with. I don't know. No, she wasn't with him. I just assumed. She, she left in the, the club. She, she happened to be the only one with the color on. Oh, I didn't notice that at all. Like she was the, the only one wearing, the red, wearing red. red or something? Yeah. It was red? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> I said this earlier, how, like, I feel like characters would just do some do stuff to advance the plot. Like, they wouldn't really do that in real life. Like, Mm -hmm. the whole Greg confessing immediately to Mike that he knows what's going on, it makes no sense for him to do it at all. They just need him to die so that Angela can have an excuse to go arrest Ghost because they want the story to be Ghost in jail. But it doesn't make any sense that he would do that. Why can't Greg go and arrest Ghost? I don't know. I mean, they wanted it to be Angela, so it would make it seem like, look, she's the person that you trusted. We told you you shouldn't have trusted her. So it's supposed to have this impact. But it just makes me feel Mm -hmm. like she's just doing stuff instead of Greg figuring something out would have been stronger. I just wanted it to make more sense because this show is like almost like an amazing show. It's almost like Game of Thrones. It just has these weird things where we're just like, something's bothering me about this scene. Mm-hmm. Like, 50 Cent randomly killing an old lady. Super <laughs> ra- like super extreme out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, I think we could have done without that. I, I don't know any movie or show, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've never just seen anyone, like, kill an, a senior citizen for no reason. Am I wrong in saying that? No, I mean I've never seen that, and in, in any in any show that's good, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think there was Especially something like just that. Like, in, like the, the way first. that he went about it, like. Yeah, it just it was seemed like super extreme, to where it was distracting. 
it was very distracting. It made me very uncomfortable, but yeah, I think we just took it a little too far. <laughs> took it a little too far in that episode. And can we not say, uh, can we not talk about the soft porn? I mean, I feel like everybody on set is just having an orgy. Like, they are. That's It's in the contract. 50 Cent says you must expose at least ass and women breasts and oh I'll decide gosh. later. I'll decide later. What else? And he's not staying out of it, too. He wants to involve. Because, you know, like, since it's his show, he's, like, making himself this, like, super intense, aggressive, like, extra strong, like, like guy who gets involved in all these situations. Of it's course he is. He came, he made it alive out of a fire and being beaten down <laughs> in the middle of a firing in a building that was completely on fire. Like he made it out of there somehow. <laughs> just don't. He's already healed and back on the street, so. Well, I mean, he, he had <laughs> one episode where he had to lay in bed, you know? Yeah, well. Where. Where the cousin Did he have, was like, like first degree burns or yeah, third yeah, degree? Yeah. Which one is worse? Is it first or third degree burns? Uh, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna check like my chart. <laughs> like, <laughs> I really don't. I don't well, I don't know that. what order it goes in: first degree, third degree burns, burns. I think it's third degree burns. I don't know. You can't think oh, or something. Like red. Know. So-so, and then when it gets black, it's for, you know, get back. <laughs> but, well, I don't know if your skin stays red, so it probably uh, wouldn't work that. But, oh. yeah, so power. Yeah, so, I mean, we already talked about a lot of inconsistencies on here, but I, I, I appreciate you coming on and, and giving a couple of words. Um, for sure, absolutely. I'm always up for talking about power. <laughs> <laughs> Just power. How does it go? How does the theme song go? Oh, you know, like uh, I'm trying to remember how, the, the 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 freaking lyrics. This say it's a big rich town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. I never put I this straight past nowhere. Part. <laughs> yeah. It it gets it gets stuck in your head, and I I really like mm-hmm. what they do with that intro too. The actual. Um, like images and stuff, they actually did mm-hmm. some interesting things. Like they'll have like a split screen. So sometimes it looks like the same image mirrored against itself. So it'll be like a skull split in half and you'll see it. Oh, but right, then other right. times it'll be like one thing on one side and then something similar but different on the other side. Like there'll right. be like a bunch of lipsticks on one side and then bullets on the other. I was like, that's pretty clever, man. That's pretty clever. Yeah. Shout that's out to them. Shout out to Dumbfounded. All right. Well, I appreciate Young E coming on. Um, I was glad to talk to her. <laughs> I'm glad she's sharing and stuff like this. And I know you guys enjoy Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I love power. We got a few things we can work on. And, you know, <laughs> it I, think it's all good. I think, yeah, I think it's a great <laughs> show. I like seeing Ghost in Action. I'm still trying to, you know, be comfortable with the, with with all the, the soft porn. porn and the random yeah. Tommy scenes where he just chops a head off and. <laughs> any moment so but yeah other than that go power <laughs> yeah go power go team power now we haven't seen the uh the 
the entirety of the season, but uh, once we get to the end, we'll come back and we'll give you a quick little impressions on how the season four ended. Um, I'm not even pretty sure if it's ended or not. I'm just assuming that all the episodes are up on stars, but not important. Um, So I'm Zid Raz, Z-I-D-R-A-V-V. This is Young E. You guys have been listening to Otaku Beef. Uh, I'll give you the sign-off in a little bit, but stay tuned. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you guys for listening to Otaku Beef. I'm Zid Raw, your host. And I think that was a pretty good app. My ramblings, you got to uh, meet Young E as we uh, gave our recaps of what's going on with the uh, with the Power Show and everything like that. Had a good time. Uh, but as always, I would really appreciate if you guys checked out some music. Uh, I always send people to music because it's quick, it's easy. If you have four minutes to uh, watch a YouTube video, you know, hey, uh, waste some of your time on me. Uh, check out Otaku Us. Single is available on iTunes, on Spotify, on all streaming services. Or go to my band camp, donate a dollar. Tell me that you liked it. Tell me that you hated it. Go to iTunes and get the Otaku Brief podcast. Like, subscribe. Give me your review. Leave me a one star. But if, hey, if you want to uh, really make my day, leave me a five star. I greatly appreciate it. Don't forget to share. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm posting more. Uh, images of uh, the anime infiltration and the uh, the dope boy infiltration to the anime uh, otaku waifus all that good show um, yeah not really much else today Zid Raw I'm probably going to uh, what do I want to talk about next time I want to talk a little bit about music I need to listen to the Cool Kids album it came out a few days back but me and my girl, E, we are planning a trip. We have been planning a trip. We're going to Japan uh, next week, last week of September, first week of October. I'm very excited. I think it's going to be, we're mapping things out where we want to go, and I'm going to be Snapchatting a lot of the Jap- the Japan trip. Follow me on Snapchat at ZidRaw, because we are going to be going to Japan very, very soon. I'm going to be posting as much as possible on there. I'll be putting some on Instagram, which is ZidRawTheWizard. That's it. Love, peace, hair grease. I love you guys. Uh, Let me go absorb some more content so we can talk about it. Deuces.